Uh, welcome to. Let me do it without the uh. <laughs> welcome to What's My Thesis. I am your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview through research and ask, What's My Thesis? And today, my guest is Don Okoro. Is that? Hello. Yes, that's, that's right. Hello. Okay. So, yeah, uh, you came recommended to me via, um, what's his face, uh, Roberto Jackson Harrington. Uh-huh. And uh, I really appreciated it because, you know, when you're stuck in L.A., it's hard to get a good sense of what's happening in other places. And to have someone just offer up and be like, hey, these are some people that you can talk to was very nice. Uh, so I'm really <laughs> excited to talk to you because actually through that, I ended up with like somebody that's doing pretty well. <laughs> awesome. In, <laughs> like you may be one of the more successful people I've had on the show. So that was a lucky, <laughs> like he did me a favor. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, yeah. So you, you live in Austin now? Yeah. And how long, like, did you grow up around there? Are you, like, Texas native? Are you... Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Texas native. Um, I was born and raised here. I, I was born in Houston and only lived there briefly, but then I really was raised in Lubbock, Texas, um, which is, like, up in the, the northern part of Texas. Um, it's, a, I guess, like a small city. Like, I guess they're known for, like, Texas Tech and... Buddy Holly is from there. Oh, well, um, <laughs> I also have a point of reference because uh, one of my favorite podcasters, Marcus Parks of the last podcast on the left, is mm-hmm. from Lubbock. And uh, recently they did a show there and the, no one showed up for it. And he was very, he felt very rejected by Lubbock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I got out of there as soon as I could. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to disparage them because I have no experience, but that's also what Marcus says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not missing out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how, how is uh, Houston and how's Austin? Um, so with Houston, it's, uh, I was born there, but I left, um, as a baby, but, okay. um, I ended up part well, a long, long story, but I, I, I did end up moving back to Houston as an adult, mm-hmm. uh, for like, for like three years. Um, and I like Houston as far as like their, their art scene, like they have a very, um, a much more established art scene and it's a, and it's a more culturally rich, I think than Austin, which is where I live now. Um, mm. I moved to Austin um, to to go to college here at the University of Texas here in Austin, mm-hmm. um, and so I just I moved. Yeah, you know, like I mentioned, I moved to Houston temporarily. Um, I moved to New York for, for about a year, um, but I always ended up back in Austin. So yeah. I guess it's been home for me for a long time. Is that just because you established a good network of people in school or when you were in school, or? Uh, yeah, I, I think I think so. Um, I think it was just transitioning from Lubbock to Austin. It was like um, at, the, at the time when I moved to Austin, it just was kind of like a like a like a me- medium sized city. It was pretty cheap to live in and just easy to easy to live here. Um, like the the cost of living has gone has gone crazy like in the past you know decade or so. But yeah, but um, it just yeah, it's just easier for me to live here. Like my you know I have family here and like um, it's just kind of home. Although. I wouldn't mind. I'm open to possibly moving somewhere else, so that 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 could happen. Um, I miss New York. <laughs> yeah. Um, I recently well, visited LA with pandemic though. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, that's the thing. It's like I guess I'm happy to stay put. Um, yeah. But I was gonna I was gonna say I visited LA for the first time like like in late February this year, like right before wow. the whole 
pandemic thing started really, you know, blowing up here. Um, and I, from what I saw, I know like we did like, you know, all the touristy stuff, but it was, you know, pretty, pretty cool, nice weather, really good food. So yeah, that's the thing that gets you the food. <laughs> uh-huh. You're not expecting it to be so damn good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I guess that has a lot to do with like different, you know, there's, I, I mean, I grew up in Miami and that was, uh, considered a melting pot by Cubans. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know that, like, I think it was just like, oh, it's a city that's not white, you know, was <laughs> more the right. feeling. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I came out to LA and like, while there are a lot of white people, there's like just so much more diversity mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of uh, like people migrating here from other parts of the country is, mm-hmm. is kind of crazy and it gives it a weird vibe. But like, yeah, I remember like being like, oh my God, these strip malls have like the best food ever. And I, <laughs> and I had never had respect for strip malls up until then. They were always like in Florida, they were always like uh, animal clinics and shit like that, you know, like <laughs> stuff that like if you were bored and you were stuck like walking through one, you would just not have like anything of interest. <laughs> but, um, but you said something that kind of caught me off guard, which because uh, I think traditionally we think of like you know, Houston more like a Texas city, whereas Austin is like not Texas, for better or worse, uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, what the broad opinion of like a huge part of of land. Uh, but you said that Houston was more culturally diverse? Yeah, um, they, like, for example, I would say like Austin is... Um, very, very white, I guess, like very white. Um, really? But Houston, like I would, you know, there, there are more, more black people, more, you know, other, other ethnicities and cultures and, you know, like just more for, just more for, um, people, people of color. Um, so that's, yeah. So that's what, I, that's what I, you know, felt just, you know, being, being in Houston, Yeah. but still, but still like, I mean, it's Houston to me when I think of Houston, I mean, they, it just, Miles and miles of strip malls, though, you know, like, so I don't know, I, I still, even though I feel like Austin, I, I wish that so many people of color weren't, weren't like driven out of Austin just due to like gentrification issues and things like that. I mean, I, but I guess, I don't know, I like Austin in the sense that there's just more, like more nature. I mean, it has like a, it's, it's losing the vibe a bit, but it kind of has like a, I don't know, just some more, um, like they say, keep Austin weird, you know, kind of has more of a, an earthy vibe to it, I guess. Whereas yeah. Houston, it's a bit more conservative. But then, I, I, you know, to be fair, I also think of like, keep Austin weird. And then also Portland has a mm-hmm. similar sort of vibe. Yeah. And they're both, yeah. and now I'm finding out that they're both very white places. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting how like, how weird doesn't necessarily mean diverse in some exactly. cases. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What what would you say that people what would you is there like anything that you would want people to understand about Texas or Austin specifically that like maybe they don't know? Like, you know, cuz obviously these I mean that's kind of one of the things that I enjoy about talking to people from another place is just like figuring mm-hmm. out like what are the stereotypes that just don't ring true, right? Like how diverse is all of Texas just kind of Texas? Um I would say I would say that if you like Texas is is a very very huge state and is most mostly comprised of like li- like little towns um so I think like yeah your experience in like a big city like Austin or Houston or Dallas would definitely be different than like Lubbock, Lubbock or like other 
other towns. So, you know, I, I feel like, you know, <laughs> I feel like, you know, even like, obviously, like, even politically, you know, it's, it's like a lot different in the big city than like the smaller towns. Like it's very, you know, mostly red. Um, yeah. So I think like your experience in Austin would, would definitely be different than, than like the majority of, you know, being in the majority of Texas. Um, and one, one thing about Austin is like, um, when pe- a lot of people come from out of town to, you know, to go to South, South by Southwest and it's during South by is during like March and like it's be- beautiful weather here. Like the flowers are starting to bloom. Um, so people like, and then like, there's all the, like all the additional music going on on the streets, but, and then people that from out of town, like, Oh, I, I like it here. I could get used to this, but, but like a warning, like if, you know, if anyone's considering moving to Austin, <laughs> like come, come in, like uh, net come now, like, july august or september and see <laughs> see how you like the weather because it's like just really humid you know triple digit heat um and yeah like and it's not definitely not as cool as during uh south by southwest <laughs> yeah you also you guys also have like a very uh nicheified hip-hop scene too where like mm-hmm. bun, bun b and uh pimp c are from there but like I don't really hear too much like there's always like a if it always feels like texas rap stays underground in mm-hmm. a weird way. I don't know if you're at all into rap, but Yeah, um I'm not sure I'm not sure what's up with that. Like yeah, like there was that time period I guess like in the Oh no, maybe like the late 90s through the through the mid 2000s where like I guess the Houston scene was kind of getting more yeah. um national attention and it's kind of funny that you mentioned that cuz like I, lately um, I've been listening to like some some DJ screw just because it's just yeah, like yeah. just really really chill. Um, but yeah, there's even in Austin there, there's currently even like some really talented um, people in the hip hop scene. But it's just yeah, I don't I don't know why they don't get like more like more more recognition and opportunities. Like even within Austin, like it's it's often hard for um, hip hop artists and and even just like black musicians in general. It's harder for them to like book like book shows and that's you know that's a whole thing that you know we're we're going through here because more attention was brought to that, um, you know, in the past few weeks after like the killing of George Floyd, where I guess yeah. where it's kind of brought this renewed um, call for, you know, racial you know equity. So, so yeah, that's definitely, you know, something going on here in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm always curious because it is also like such a, it feels like a very specific experience. So you, it's, uh, you know, like being a black person in Texas. I mean, not that I know anything mm-hmm. about that, but like, mm-hmm. it seems like for some reason, it just seems weird that like that was only a flash in the pan period. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can't even really name any contemporary like Texas rappers and t- Texas is fucking huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it always, it always uh, it gets, get. I always get curious about that. Maybe I need to do the effort and seek them out. But <laughs> do you have any recommendations? Um, I would say one of my one of my favorites is um, Mag- Magna Carta. Magna Carta. Um, yeah, um, and it's, it's Magna Carta with a, with a D. Um, they it's a how do I describe? Like it's just really 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 jazzy. Um, it's a a, wom- a woman a woman MC, um, and they use a lot of like live instruments, um, you know, with their performance and. I, I even like the the MC. Her name is Megs um, Megs Kelly, and so I even painted her um, for part of my Punk Noir um, exhibition. So, oh wow! So I, I would definitely give give them a, a check check them out. <laughs> cool, Magna Carta with a D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. 
Well, um, so what, do you have a topic for us today? Uh, yes. Um, so, I so I understood that I was going to explain explain to you like how I um, how I how I do something. Is that is that right? I, <laughs> a, a, any any way you want to interpret it, it's really just okay. you know like yeah. A, uh, sometimes it's a it's a, like something that somebody's really researched and is a nerd about. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a very personal experience. You know, I say research show uh, at the beginning, but uh, that includes like experience. You okay. know, even uh, anecdotal research. Let's call it. <laughs> okay. But yeah. Yeah. Um. I will talk about um and i actually have some some in front of me that i'll be probably be working on as i talk to you about it but i will I, i'll talk mm-hmm. about um metal leafing because that's something that i incorporate into um a lot of my work i guess in mm-hmm. the past in the past few years um so where do i start um so like like i guess like like right now um was with some of my recent paintings for the past couple years like um, people will notice that, like sometimes, like the faces, faces are partially um, obscured or like, or crossed out with like um, with like a shiny, a shiny metal that, that's on the painting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been using um, copper leaf a lot more in the past couple years, but but before then I was using um, gold leaf, like an imitation gold leaf. Mm-hmm. Um, it really started back when. Um, the first time that I started, well, even like learned about like what it even is was um, back when I was when I moved back to Houston as an adult. Um, that, that the reason I moved back to Houston was because I was in I went to law school in Houston, um, and and that's that's a whole long story. Like I just something I it sounds like it did because <laughs> I thought you know just just trying to you know please my parents and try to. <laughs> make something of myself, even though that really wasn't what I want, wanted to do. Like I wanted to be an artist, but I ended up going to, to law school in Houston. And while I was there, like I um, just ended up, you know, getting immersed in the, in the art scene in Houston. And so one, one of the artists um, I met who he, he was doing a residency there, but his name is um, w- William Cordova. Um, and he's a Peruvian artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's, he's from Miami too. Um, oh, okay. Or I think, or I think he just current, just like has been living there. Um, but um, he, one of the things that he uses is, is gold leaf in, in his heart, and and so I was just interest, interested in, in how he used it. Um, and so somehow, and this was back, this was like back during the like during the MySpace days, and somehow we co- connected on MySpace. Whoa, so, you're old, uh huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm old. Um, and so um, we met, met up, and so he's been kind of like a, a mentor. Um, Ever That's since. Cool. <laughs> and he, he introduced me to the work of um, Barclay Hendricks. And um, there's a, a famous painting by Barclay Hendricks um, where it's called uh, Lottie Mama. And it's a woman with a, a big afro. And um, the, the canvas is shaped like, um, I don't know the right name for it, but the top of the canvas is curved. So it's like an arch. Mm-hmm. And the, the background is all um, gold leaf, like all genuine, genuine gold leaf. And so, um, I don't know, I just love, just love the, the texture and the way that the, the way that the gold leaf flickered in the light. And, um, and I wanted to you know, le- learn how to use it and be able to incorporate it in my art someday. Um, so a few years ago, I started a, a, a series called Misogynoir Resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that 
misogynoir is like when a black woman experiences um, like racism and like and misogyny and just like the whole like inter- intersection of that. Is and that so, a term that's like used in academia, or is that a, something you coined? I'm, I've no, never heard I, it before. Yeah, I didn't coin it. It's mm-hmm. um, coined by an, a, a black feminist professor named uh, Moya Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so um, I was you know interested in like you know what what this meant and and I was thinking about it in terms of um, growing up like I watched you know a lot a lot of MTV um, you know just like during my during my coming of age time MTV was you know really popular and like showing you know constant music videos. I feel um, like we're contemporaries because <laughs> <laughs> are you old too? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. I didn't mean it as like a pejorative. I'm like oh you're old. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and so with, you know, growing up as a child and teen, like I would see, um, and hit and not just hip hop videos, but this was mostly focusing on hip hop, but like just the way that women were kind of, um, used as props in the background or just mm-hmm. kind of there just for the, the male pleasure. And they're just, there, just there to kind of like objects that are just kind of, you know, just sh- you're shaking, you know, in the background. And so I would just, just thinking of thinking about that and, and what's that, you know, what, what that meant. And so I, um, did a series of work where I brought, um, models into my studio and I took photographs as reference. Um, and the models were dressed like the way, maybe the way that like you might think that a video model might dress. Um, and so then I painted the models and I, I wanted, well, I wanted to pose the models like, like superhero poses to kind of push back against, um, to kind of push back against the usual, the usual, um, image that people that people see of like the video model but then when I went back and looked at the the photos like the the models were to me they still kind of get it was still so much of like that sex sex mm-hmm. kitten feel that I wanted to find another way to to put to push back against that and so um I got some inspiration from an, another artist named um Gary Simmons who was um who was from Brooklyn and back in the early 90s he did um, I'm not, he may still do some now, but he, he, he became known for doing these black caricatures on chalkboard where he would draw like the, you know, black caricature, kind of like, like the car, like cartoons, kind of like cartoons from like, um, the early 20th century, I guess. And, and then he would take his hand and like smear, smear the, smear the image to kind of, to, in a way, a way to push as a way to push back against that racist image. So I wanted to do this, um, with a uh, massage um, mm-hmm. So what I did was uh, for some of the paintings, like I just, I painted the, painted the piece and then I just kind of took, took another color of paint and just kind of scribbled out parts of the piece to kind of push back against massage mm-hmm. Um But I decided to then experiment with um, gold leaf um, so what I did for, for my next series, which was called, um, deconstructed Vixen, then it was still focusing on like the, the idea of like the, the video model, the video girl. Um, so, for, but for this, what I did is, um, I did, I did shoot some of my own models as reference, but I also took, um, some images that already existed of like a real, real video models. So mm-hmm. like, like promo shoots that they may have had or posing for, like an album cover. Is this the stuff that you're currently working on or is this leading up to what you're, what I'm seeing on Instagram? Um, it's, I guess it's a little bit of, a little bit of both. Okay. Um, so, so with this, with this deconstructed vixens, like I was thinking about how, um, 
thinking about gold leaf and how um, gold leaf has you know, been something that's been used for centuries. Um, and from what I read, like it started like in ancient Egypt and really um, it goes that back that far. Yeah. And it was um, to use gold. Um, you know, it was, you know, gold was considered sacred. And so, so what I wanted to do was paint, paint these video models and then so surround them with, with gold. Um, and also when I did this, like par- parts, parts of their bodies were obscured. Like a lot of the face was obscured. Um, so just trying to push back against massage noir, but also um, holding, you know, presenting these women as sacred, um, even even though you know they're used like as props in the background. So mm-hmm. I was trying to you know bring them to the foreground. So so the paintings are like um, like about twelve by twelve inches, and they're the background is um, almost all gold leaf, and then but you know parts of them are, are obscured. Um, so I had, I made about, so you paint over the gold leaf too? Um, no, usually the the gold leaf is like the the last, the last part. Okay. And and just so that to like get more, better acquainted with the materials since we're focusing on it, it's, Mm -hmm. so how do you adhere it to like, so I know, I mean, it's also like, seems like something that's not easy to work with. Mm-hmm. which sparks my curiosity like as to how you actually apply it like does it is there an adhesive that comes with it is it is is it adhesive backed yeah that's, that's a good question um it's so like as you you know probably know the gold leaf is like a or any kind of metal metal leaf um it's like really a really thin paper thin like extremely thin fragile um piece of foil basically and um, I, I get it, and like it comes in like a stack, a book, booklet of sheet, a sheets, booklet of sheets, I guess. Like with, mm-hmm. and in between each piece of um, gold leaf is a like a, I guess like a t- like tissue paper, mm-hmm. um, and so like super fragile. So like even you could touch it and it falls apart. Um, and so what? That's that's something that I always was trying to figure out. So like, I you know reached out to my mentor um, William. Like how do you? Like, how do you attach this stuff? How do you use it? Because when I first started using it, I, I started using um, a while back when I first ever experimented with gold leaf. I, I, I just I would put it in wet paint on the canvas. And so it seemed it mm. seemed to stay that way. But I wanted to um, wanted to use it without, you know, doing like the wet paint and, and use it in a way where I could use, like use more of it. And so there's something called um, adhesive size. And it's basically, um, it's an, an adhesive, but when it dries, it stays, stays sticky. It stays tacky. Mm. So, so you like it basically the, the, it, when it's in the liquid form, it looks, looks like glue, look, looks like, like Elmore's glue basically. Um, yeah. and then you just, you take a brush or something and you apply it to the surface, like where you want, um, the gold leaf to be or whatever leaf, um, like right now in my current work, I've been using copper leaf a lot. So, um, the whole painting won't usually won't be copper leaf, but it'll just be certain parts of the body are, are obscured. So what I'll do is I'll take the adhesive first and I'll brush it on the parts that I want to cover up. And, and that part's one thing I like about working with the metal leaf is like, I have less, less control because my paintings are very, um, the portraits are very like, tight i guess like uh-huh. I, don't, I wouldn't describe them as photorealistic but they're 
I guess they're more well, re- realistic I d- and tight. I did. I did. Uh, it took me a while to realize that they were paintings. I didn't know what they were. I didn't think that they were necessarily photographs. But like it, uh, mm-hmm. it took me a while. To, like just, I mean, obviously on Instagram, it's not ideal. Like right. To view. Yeah. But but I totally get what you're saying. They are sort of photorealistic, but in a uh, stylized way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that so it can be like it could be just like oh were these aesthetic choices that a photographer made or mm-hmm. you know if you're looking at it on an Instagram screen on your phone <laughs> but, exactly yeah. uh, so like I'll take the goal, the I'll take the uh, adhesive and I have an idea of where I wanted to go beforehand but I'll take the adhesive and just um, basically just start you know just start um, swiping on the on the canvas. Um, and you know, let that let that dry. Um, you know, wait wait a few minutes, and then I'll take the the sheet of the gold or copper leaf, and well, I'll put put a glove on. I'll put um, what do you call it? A, a gilding glove on, like you know, just a white a white glove um, mm-hmm. to try to try to keep my oils off of the off of the metal. Yeah. Um, and then I just ap- apply the sheets the sheets of the metal leaf to the directly to the canvas first and so you'll, it'll look like these little the squares are about like five inches by five inches each so i you know, put the squares all over where there's um any adhesive and then so th- so at that point when you look at the canvas and yeah you just see these like square sheets all over the place um and then i take the the glove or you could use like a you could use like a soft um rag, like a soft clean rag or something but, but i'll take the glove and just just wipe away um mm-hmm just just wipe and then it's sort of like i don't know if i'm saying this right but it's kind of like a like a negative or something like it wherever you didn't put the adhesive then um then that's that part is clear so yeah um i can kind of have fun with that you know making like you know different shapes and things but I, i wipe and wipe and then like whatever's left basically just basically falls to the floor so it's like like super messy Mm. (laughs) so um but yeah that's that's pretty much it but then um i never know exactly what it's going to look like until until i've like wiped it away so it's kind of fun sometimes because it's kind of like a kind of like a surprise like oh okay i like the way that 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 mark i made with the adhesive looked you know like you know maybe i use like the corner of this sponge and it kind of came out like little um little triangles or something so mm-hmm. um so it's just kind of fun to to see you know what i end up with on that yeah and so you uh you were at, talking a little bit about the history of gold leaf it goes back to the to uh egypt is there more stuff there that uh it's like as you're working with the material you've gotten become more interested in or is that uh like because it isn't it's a unique material and it is sort mm-hmm. of I think the the fact that it's delicate is also kind of um a usage barrier, you mm-hmm. know? Like you you sort of have have to commit to gold leafing the same way that you would like commit to oil painting kind of yeah. almost, you know? Like it's such mm-hmm. a specific skill set. But yeah. like uh but yeah, I'm 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 interested in like uh in a little bit more of that I mean, unless you have another direction you want to take us, but in that, in, in the idea of like, just because I'm also a history nerd, mm-hmm. but, um, like what, what does it symbolize for you beyond just shininess? Like why cop, why copper over gold over, mm-hmm. you know, is there platinum leaf? Um, I've never, I've never heard of platinum leaf. So I, I don't, 
I don't think so, but, okay. but it is, it's possible. That would be interesting. <laughs> After we get off this call, I'm going to look into it. It's <laughs> expensive if there is. Um, I bet, yeah. <laughs> and is it always imitation gold leaf or is there actual gold leaf? There, There is actual gold leaf and a lot of people do use it. And I may experiment with that later. I use the imitation gold leaf like because of cost, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, of course. Like it's, <laughs> it's like the real gold leaf is like... Yeah, yeah, it's like really expensive per sheet, and if and that's the thing too. When I use the imitation gold leaf, um, I'm, I can kind of like if some falls on the floor, if it breaks up too small, then whatever, I could I just sweep it and throw it away. But if once I start using like real gold leaf, I probably need to figure out how to co- like conserve it better yeah, to yeah, get yeah. Like, <laughs> you know get everything out of it. Um, but I started I switched over to copper leaf partially because I wanted to use um the, the the genuine metal and so the copper leaf is like a lot less expensive than you know the gold leaf even for the real copper leaf um, oh okay and also with copper like um and then i started using the copper leaf during my um punk punk noir series and and with c- copper uh, i i my, i learned that it is a good a good conductor of Electricity, like I think maybe one like this one of the second best. I forgot like what the first best conduct like metals that metals that are like the best conductors of electricity. So when I when I put the the gold leaf, I'm sorry when, when I put the copper leaf on and like you know rub it and rub it to me in, in some way like it kind of um, it sort of like symbolizes as, as sort of like a way for me to sort of um, feel like I'm playing with 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 energy as well because mm-hmm. when I put the gold leaf on, especially with like a with like on like a huge piece, like like a twelve foot piece or something, then like I'm it's it's a very um very physical thing. Like I'm having to like go, you know, like walk from one side of the canvas to the other, like swiping, you know, with my hand with my hand, like with, with a glove. And so I like um the way that um in, in my in my mind it kind of like it's sort of like playing with um energy because I'm trying to I'm trying to bring out like the spirit of the people that you know, that are on the actual canvas. So, mm-hmm. um, and also, and also, yeah, I just, I like the, I like the, the color, the color of the copper leaf. It kind of, it's like, just like gold leaf, but with like, with like a, I guess it has like a tinge of a pink to it. But one, one of the things that, that I'm encountering, like dealing with either copper leaf or gold leaf is, um, you have to you have to realize realize that it's going it's you know it, the look of it can change like over time so mm. um it's like if you want to keep it looking the same the same shiny you know pinkish metal like you have to be really careful about how you like seal seal the the metal you know on on the painting um and also like i mentioned before like i've been you know using like gloves because to keep my oils off because I've noticed yeah. like, you know, if, if it, if I touch it, you know, certain spots, like it, it'll like turn, like turn colors fast. Like, like kind of, I don't know, That's I don't what, know I w- what color it is, but like a rusty kind of look. I was going to ask you if the, if the copper turns green. <laughs> so far, like, I've, I haven't seen it turn green yet, yeah. but I've only been using it for a couple of years. Um, most of the pieces, like I'll keep them like wrapped up, like wrapped up in like plastic or something. And then I, I, Seal, seal them beforehand so far the copper as long as i'm taking care of the pieces that i still have the copper seems to keep its look but but there have been some pieces that like when i was experimenting it and i just kind of leave it out like whatever it it definitely get like gets darker um less shiny and, and i don't know some ways 
I, I kind of don't mind the, the color change. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, maybe in the future, I'm not sure how I would do this, but I may experiment with leaving the copper leaf in a way that it, it like maybe, I don't know, maybe leaving it unseat. I'm, yeah. I'm just thinking out loud, out loud as I talk to you right now. No, and, that's, the, I, I'm into it. Yeah, I, it I might could, be interesting. Like, it. <laughs> it might be interesting to see what happens with those. Yeah, because, you know, then that adds the layer of like, uh, it's originally a shiny thing and, mm-hmm. you know, on a materials basis is fascinating. Uh, because like a lot of things, you know, like are, are made with the notion that they will, uh, like, you know, copper sculptures are sort of expected to turn that color, right? Like mm-hmm. it's the, it's an intentional patinaing. That's yeah. interesting. But, uh, the, you know, the other thing that I picked up on is that the ritualistic element of what you're saying Right. Because mm-hmm. so you're you're selecting materials that are essentially devotional. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then within the practice of painting, there's also a um, like it's it's akin to how uh, Santeros r- relate to dancing, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like a reverence for ancestry and, and stuff like that. This in this particular instance, I don't think. It's so directly about reverence for the ancestor, but rather like for the subject matter, um, Mm -hmm. which is part of painting anyway. So like to be so deliberate about it is interesting, right? Like if you're painting a Mm -hmm. subject, you are elevating them. It's like the cliche is like immortalizing, right? Yeah. um, Like and I I, I keep mentioning my um, Punk Noir um, series because with that I was painting – basically paint, painting my friends, like pe- people, people in Austin that are, that, and they all happen to be, um, other creatives too. Um, mm-hmm. but I wanted to, um, just take, well, okay, well, I'll go back a little bit, but in Austin, like, and I, I've been feeling just very, I don't know, very isolated as an, as an artist. Um, but, but in more recent years, um, I've felt for myself, I felt a, a change and a revitalization and, and I was, even though I've been living here a long time, I was just then starting to, to just meet more people and um, get involved in more things and, um, you know, just make friends with other artists. And they they were very, you know, just very inspiring to me. And I, I wanted to just capture capture this energy that I was feeling and just kind of like bottle it up. So um, I, I, for this show at um, here in Austin, it's called the George Washington Carver Museum, which it's like a, it's a, a black uh, museum. And so I, I wanted to um, paint these people and, and I wanted to display it like in a, in a monumental way so that the, all the paintings are like six foot tall and they're, they're, you know, um, you know, I guess like larger than life. Um, and so, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of honor these, honor these other creatives um, while also kind of showing through the copper leaf, just showing, um, how a lot of times like we feel, I guess, erased. So part, so the, the copper leaf to me, partially it meant like erasure and also, um, pushing back against that, that erasure. Um, so, so yeah, when I was uh, making, making those pieces, like when I, um, put the copper leaf on, like I even, um, documented some of, some of that process, like through video Mm -hmm. and it, and putting it on was definitely kind of like a, like you were saying, kind of like a, a ritualistic um, moment for me, you know, just like once the adhesive dries, excuse me, once the adhesive dries um, and just like, you know, just rubbing and rubbing back and forth and then seeing what 
seeing what this is going to you know look like at the end uh, or just trying to get to that point um mm. um yeah but just i guess yeah it was just that that's yeah that's just kind of how that's how it felt um for me well and there's also an element of faith there because you you're putting this stuff on uh on a painting that you're like trying to obscure but not necessarily like sabotage right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah. the experiment <laughs> comes after hours of work already has been put into it so mm-hmm. so there is like a sort of a um a letting go in that process of control exactly yeah exactly that's one. that's one thing i um that's one thing i, I liked i liked about that process it's like that's um you know, letting go of control and then sometimes um I'm trying to think if there's if there was ever a time where where it came out in a way that that I didn't like, because um, mm. because for the most part um, it, it'll come out a way that might be like unexpected for me, but it's like oh I like that, but but sometimes um, after I'm done like I'll I'll see like I'll notice like a I don't know pattern or something that that formed and I and I like it so I may add, you know add a little bit more like you know go back with the the adhesive and you know you know sprinkle sprinkle a little bit more um <laughs> just to kind of you know just add add to that but but yeah it's, that's that's always fun to me even if it's just like a brief moment of just um just surprise as to how it's gonna come out yeah i don't know if i have that in me but uh but that's that's great that you have the discipline and the trust in yourself (laughs) to play like that have you ever like been like uh you know just added so much gold leaf (laughs) that that you're like all right this is going in the trash or or early on in the experiments well that's you know uh, there's a painting that i'm sitting in here with right now um where it's, it's a portrait of me, and then um, the, it initially was going to be a portrait without gold leaf, but then I decided I'm going to add gold leaf, so I did. But then I was like, well, maybe this needs something more, so I, I decided to um, like go in my garden and just or just go my, go to my backyard and just get some dirt. And then mm. I I what did I do? I mixed the dirt with I don't know, like some some kind of like gel medium, and then I put the dirt on the painting where in part, parts of the dirt overlaps with the copper leaf as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, okay, this is interesting. Um, and then I even show, you know, and I, the dirt seemed to be hold, holding pretty well. And I, I did, I, I ended up showing the, the painting at a couple places too. Um, and now it's back in my studio, but I guess what happened is like, you know, like a few months later, like the parts where the dirt overlapped with the copper leaf, like, like every like basically everything just has started like crumbling and like falling off and so I keep <laughs> I keep going over and going over this painting just trying to like figure out like what I'm gonna do to make that work um yeah. like I put some more dirt on but then it fell off too like where where the copper leaf is so it's been interesting just to see I guess what doesn't work you know yeah yeah that sounds very crazy in terms of like also just having to wait for pro- time <laughs> to do yeah. something before you can see what happens to it. Exactly. So what, uh, what other insights on copper leaf do you have for me? Like, I'm just, I mean, obviously you've been working on with this for how long? Um, co- co- well, or just, working, just leafing in general, like. Leafing in general. I, I started dabbling with it like in, 
in 08 and that was just really dabbling but but really using it heavily I started um maybe like maybe like three three years ago wow and how was the learning curve um when I first started like way way back when I was just putting it in the paint like it was just like well you know just like hope you know hope this works you know Mm -hmm. like because I was trying to do some research online but it just seemed like they were just it was just overwhelming. And so like, and I, and I did hear, I did read about, you know, the possibility of putting it in paint. So I was like, well, let me try that out. And, and I would just use like a, just a little bit of um, imitation Goldie just as like, for example, like part of like the jewelry on, mm. on somebody or something like that. And it, it seemed to work. Um, but then when I started using gold leaf more, um, I don't know, I felt like my initial experimentation with it was that it was, just, it felt just just kind of fun, really, you know, yeah. um, fun, fun, but messy. Um, as far as the, the learning curve, I mean, I think it, I think it, I think I picked it up pretty quickly. Um, you know, thank goodness for, you know, just like the internet, you know, tutorials yeah. <laughs> and things, things like that. Um, but my, my main concern is just like, um, like I mentioned earlier, like just the, the preservation and like, I don't know how these pieces are going to look, um, yeah, I don't know. In a, a few a few years from now, um, well, and that's a, definitely a concern for you because you're selling work, right? So, mm-hmm. so like, what what do you tell collectors? <laughs> I, Good luck. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I let, I mean, I let them know that like the the piece has been, um, I guess like 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 bar, like uh, what do you call it? like varnished or you know seal, like sealed with something. Um, so I think I think it should be okay. Um, I think as long as it's not exposed, as long as the metal isn't, isn't exposed to air. Um, mm. So hopefully, hopefully you know they'll continue to continue to hold up. But other than that, um, well, yeah, I can't I imagine like, that metal is going to be too sensitive to light, right? Mm-mm. Like, but terms, like, what do you mean? Well, like, like I'm saying, like it sounds like air would be the main. Uh, like oxidization, oxidization would be the, the yeah. main concern over like sun bleaching, right? Right, exa- exactly. Or yellowing. Um, yeah. Um, so and yeah, that's. I guess if I haven't heard any issues so far, and, and the ones I have in my studio seem to be holding, holding up, up, like, but yeah, it has only been like you know three years or so, two or three years. So. So and the, uh, so this like it, you're obviously having a moment of some success right now. And, uh, and it, it, first of all, I've noticed that like, um, in some ways you're not shying or like as, uh, as someone who's doing, who's visible right now, obviously in this moment with all the, uh, protests and whatnot, um, mm-hmm. especially because your subject matter is sort of tied into blackness in a, um, or, or I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it does seem like there's a lot of uh, black women, especially when you're dealing with misogynoir and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. so what that must be like. First of all, I guess the lead-in to the the, the broader question is, uh, how long have you had this level of like, um, not success, but like uh, interest in your work? Uh, is this like, uh, are you represented by a gallery, or is this just something that's picking up now recently? And then also, like, I've seen you having opportunities to speak about, um, like, contemporary issues. Mm -hmm. And and what is that experience like for you as well? So I guess that's a two-parter. 
Yeah. Um, the, 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 oh, sorry. sorry the, no, the it's, first, it, I put first, a lot on you. <laughs> wait, 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 tell, like, tell me, what was the first part again? The first part is like, how long has this been a, a reality for you? The, the fact that there's interest in your work, that not only are you selling stuff, but you're also getting opportunities to speak. Uh, and, and, you know, like earlier in this conversation, you were talking about how you felt a, a little bit more isolated. Mm-hmm. And and now, th- so that seems like there's a change going on there, and I, I wanted to get your thoughts on that experience. Yes, I mean it's funny that you that you mentioned that because even um, earlier when we, when we were just talking, um, you mentioned that um, you know you were introduced to me, and you were, you said something about um, it gave me an <laughs> opportunity to um, to talk to uh, someone that's doing really well or something like that, and I, was, and I didn't realize you were talking about me. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you say that, it's like, like I don't know, like, am I, am I successful? But I don't, I guess like, um, like starting off as an artist, like, I don't know, like I, I guess I had a certain, uh, vision in, in my head as to what that would look like or what, um, success, you what mean? it would look like to be successful as an artist. Yeah. Cause, um, cause like right now, like, yeah, I still, you know, I still have to have my, you know, I still have my, my nine to five job. Um, yeah. and then I try to fit, fit in art when I can and it, and it's like really, really difficult when I'm really busy with with art stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but yeah, I feel like it's been for me. It's been sort of um, it's definitely been like a roller coaster trying to pursue art. Um, like my background isn't, I guess, is not like not traditional. Like as to what many artists have. Um, like I didn't didn't go to art school. Like I stu- I studied other things. Um, I'm done with that, by the way. <laughs> okay, yeah. I studied other things and um so I don't know, I kinda had to just sort of learn through trial and error and and just get help, you know, when I could through people that were, you know, kind enough to I guess serve as like a like a, a mentor. Um It does sound to some degree that you that you had more of a uh apprentice uh master sort of re- like traditionally. I mean, I know master is a charged word and I apologize mm-hmm. for that, but I'm speaking specifically in terms of like the renaissance uh you know where like you had e- even with things like uh making pottery or like making mm-hmm. utilitarian stuff there was it was art- artisanal, right? Which is mm-hmm. something that we're like longing for. But yeah, it, I mean, because the way that you talk about your uh, your relationship with the Peruvian artists and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and I find that is re- actually really enlightening. You know, um, I I decided that like art school didn't really make sense. So to hear mm-hmm. you talking about how you've navigated your way into somebody that like I, you know, yo, you're like a legit artist as far as I'm concerned. Nobody needs to. <laughs> you don't need an MFA or a BFA or anything of that bullshit, right? Like you're doing the fucking work. And you've got the grind and you've got the desire to do it or the need. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the you need. <laughs> but yeah, then, that, that, go ahead. That was, an, that, was, that was an issue that that I ran into because by the time I really just, well, okay, let me, let me try to think of where I'm going to rewind to. I guess I'll rewind to back, you know, back to those MySpace days I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. That's, like, that's when I really started, um, first started pursuing art professionally just the, the best the best that I could you know the best yeah. that I knew how at that time and um it started off with like I didn't like even in Austin like I just was sort of just so disconnected from the art scene here and I had no idea like how to get involved or how do you get your work into a gallery so I just I just you know made a bunch of paintings and just like just had my own show like I um 
had the show at a place that's like an, an artist run gallery mm-hmm. where you pay a little bit of money and then you can show your work. And so like I did like, you know, put, you know, I put an, uh, what did I do? I put an ad in like our local, um, we have the Austin Chronicle, which is like our, um, our newspaper that's sort of like the, the I guess like our arts and music newspaper and, um, you know, just promoted it and, you know, had a show and, um, and then somewhere in there I ended up, you know, going to going to law school and like uh, there there were times in there where I just kind of got just felt discouraged and just sort of gave up on the art because I because people will make comments like I've heard I've had someone years ago make a comment like oh basically like oh well oh well that's cute but um you know when you get an MFA then you know you can be a real artist you know something something like that that, you know um so it really it's really taken a long time for me to build up just the confidence to say like, yes, I am an artist and, you know, my, it takes a while, well, even if you go to school too, you know, like oh, really? <laughs> part of school is like, they try to make you, th- they, they fuck with you. It's, it's a, it's, there's a, I think there's a cultish mentality. And one of the things that I want to point out is that I think, um, one of the things that school does with you is it fucks with your notion of like, what is high art and what is low art and are you making commercial stuff and stuff like that? And it seems like mm-hmm. you are making relevant work without any of the baggage of like, oh my God, should I be part of this capitalist system? Like, yeah, you live in a fucking capitalist system. Like <laughs> I was, uh, uh, you, you know, like I just, um, I respect that tremendously. And I think that, you know, there there is to some extent, there's a monopoly on what, is art education in um, in a very real sense. And I think that, like, I think in general, you know, uh, uh, part of the defund the police conversation really needs to be uh, a defund academia conversation, which I did a talk on recently. Mm, but that's like, interesting. But, like, yeah, I mean, th- school is, like, super fucking problematic. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it is... A, uh, it, it, and to, for a lot of people, it's been sold as a gateway to... Um, class mobi- uh, mobility, and mm-hmm. and I just think that it's gotten to the point where like that dream has just inflated. Like if everybody has a fucking college degree, then mm-hmm. college degrees become useless, right? <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> you know, so so it's fascinating to from, to me from that standpoint. But I do want to double back because I do think that this is an interesting point because like um, like you're saying, you're you're somebody who is just recently starting to um, become like have this like exposure and have access to these opportunities. Mm-hmm. And when one of the things that I like about this show, and I, I'm kind of breaking the rule right here because I'm asking you this, but one of the things I, I like about the show is that like people get to talk to b- about whatever the fuck they want. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you, uh, um, but I want to ask you specifically, like, what is that? Like, I don't, no one comes and asks me for my opinion, you know, (laughs) and I have my own fucking podcast, so I'm blasting it out all the time. So like when, uh, but that implies a lot of control over what I get to say and what I get to ask about. Right. Mm -hmm. And so my question to you is more like, how does it feel? Cause I, I, I do feel like, uh, for better or worse, and that's kind of the gray area that I want to ask you about is like, you have been put in this position to sort of have access to have being heard, but, uh, do you feel like, and, uh, that, that like the context sometimes is, uh, a little bit unfair 
or or overwhelming or like because like who's interviewing is it interviewing is it other people that come from the same background or is it like you know powerful white people in magazines and kind of thing like I, i'm mm-hmm. extrapolating to that nth degree but that's kind of the 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 area that and you can do what you want with the question you can even mm-hmm. ignore it if you want but that's kind of what i'm curious about um I mean that this it's been interesting for me because like um, it's just it's just it's just a weird, a weird year you know for everybody but yeah it, it's just weird for me in the sense that um like so like yeah like the the lockdown happened you know like I guess or like mid March or something um, and I had you know all these all these plans for my art like I was gonna um, like I was touring my show Punk, Punk Noir and so I was planning to bring a version even even planning to bring a version to like um. Lagos, Nigeria, and getting ready for that, um, and mm-hmm. then like the pandemic happened, and so you know, all my shows, you know, were cut short, even the ones that are that were happening, um, and then then it was just, and it, my first concern was like, okay, like, am I, are my personal needs, or my, are my basic needs going to be met? You know, am I going to still have a job, making be able to get groceries and toilet paper and all yeah, that? Yeah. You know, and so I wasn't even, you know, I, I wasn't even in the mood to deal with art for a while, um, and it was just it was just, everything just went kind of quiet, just radio silent, I guess, like, cause I'm, I'm usually pretty active on social media, but like I was completely, I just needed to be completely off and away from that. And it was just really quiet. Um, and then I don't know, I started, I guess as it became like our reality, then I started to slowly kind of start dabbling back into my art again, you know, doing some drawings, but then in May, um, then, you know, the killing of, um, of George Floyd happened um, and then, you know, that's, that sparked that, you know, re- renewed call for, I guess, racial, racial equality. And it's, it's just been, it's just been weird because then, um, I guess more, how do I say more people were sh- sharing the work of black people, um, you know, things like that. And like my work was getting just getting shared more. And, and I guess like people were sort of, I don't know, finding some type of, I guess relating to some of the work that that had already done, like in the past few years, and like sharing that, and um, and I and I guess there there have been some like writers or you know people that were involved in you know certain magazines that I, they they told me that and this more than one person had told me that they they had seen my you know seen my work already you know had been seeing it for a while, but I guess um, the recent events kind of gave them. I, I guess the the recent events gave them a I guess a, a pitch I guess where where it was an opportunity for them to be able to um, to, to feature me I, I guess like in in their publication or their their writing mm-hmm. and I, I was you asked you were asking who um, was interviewing me and I and I was thinking back and it was all it was um, it was all from what I can see it was all it was other other people of color um, okay. and I guess they these writers now had a chance to, I guess, cover, you know, more of these topics because there was like, I guess, I mean, I'm glad, I mean, I'm glad that, um, I'm glad that they, I'm glad that their publications were calling for, you know, features on black, black artists, but I'm hoping that, you know, that this is not just like, you know, like, a fad or, you know, just yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, because it's just, it's just, you know, a thing now, you know, because of everything that's been been happening. So, you know, I don't, I, I so I don't know, 
I don't know, like, you know, where, where this will you know, lead, you know, in the future. Um, but um, I definitely felt like, you know, I don't know, just there were like suddenly like more opportunities after, after, um, you know, the, the issues with, um, you know, the, the Floyd killing. Um, and, and I, I think too, like, a lot, you know, as you can see, a lot of galleries and um, art facilities are trying to figure out like what to do you yeah. know, during the the pandemic. But it seems like more more of the more places are starting to, I guess, figure out I guess how they're gonna I guess show stuff online or let people make appointments to go to the physical gallery. So I've been getting a few more opportunities lately just because people the places are figuring kind of figuring out like what they want to do I guess for right now. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to, to, I guess, to have my voice ampl- amplified more now. Um, uh-huh. You know, I guess, it, I mean, it feels, I, I, I feel like right now, like I, I mentioned that I, you know, I'm working my, my day job, but I've been s- selling a lot more work recently. Um, and again, I, I mean, I hope it keeps up. I mean, what, my, my goal is to, you know, save money so that I can eventually be able to quit my job and just, just focus on art because that's, I think I'd be truly happier, you know, in that sense. But, yeah. um, but I'm not willing to, to do it unless I have <laughs> a certain amount saved. Cause I've done like the whole, like doing art, art um, full time without a job in the, in the past. And it was like super stressful, like, you know, yeah. just trying to like worry about that. But, but I feel, I don't know, I feel like it, it could be a real possibility for me. Um, if, if things continue for, for me, you know, like, like they are. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And, and then also interesting when we also tie in the fact that you don't have an MFA, right. Mm -hmm. And then, and, and like how that is like, now you're an artist even without it. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy. It's all, it, I I really appreciate your answer to that. That was super valuable because first of all, uh, I like I have a tendency to be a little bit more cynical about these things. But it sounds like there were like legitimate uh, people who legitimately felt like they finally had permission, as opposed to coming from an exploitative place. So that gives me some reassurance. Yeah, exactly. Like it sounds like they um, they had it. it well, I, I mean, I guess from the sense of the actual publication, I I don't know. Like if the publication is like we need more black content now, you know? I yeah, don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but it seemed like the actual writers were were um, you know coming from a, a, a genuine place. So I so I do I do yeah, yeah. I do appreciate that. Um, and so and I'm working on some. I'm working on some, some other, other projects that will, I guess, be, I guess, be seen like in the, in the next few months. Um, and again, and I don't know if it has anything, anything, anything to do with like, um, you know, all the stuff that's been you know going on in America, but, um, but, but I don't know. Yeah. Just glad, just glad to have these opportunities. And of course these opportunities would come during the pandemic, you know, like I can't yeah, even yeah. Like, travel <laughs> anywhere. And so that would be my luck after trying all these years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you def- there's the, your work ethic is not in question. There are people with <laughs> MFAs who are, have are nowhere the near the, uh, what's it called? 
I'm just going to go with heart because <laughs> there's a lot of fucking asshole artists. I get to meet a lot of them, uh, you, you know, it, it, indirectly or directly. Uh, but uh, it's been a real pleasure. I'm going to go to work now and feel a lot more relaxed and less bitter at the world because uh, you've cheered me up. And do you have some stuff that you'd like to promote? You're, you are Don Okoro. And is mm-hmm. is that uh, at all uh, Japanese in descent? By the way, sorry if that's a dumb question. No, it's um, it's Nigerian. But it's Nigerian. A lot of Nigerian names sound Japanese for some reason. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, yeah. Do you, so, do you have stuff that you want to promote? Um. Yeah. Um. Be sure to check out my web series on YouTube. It's called Life and Art with Don Okoro. So there'll be some new episodes there soon. Oh, awesome. Um, other than that, um, your Instagram, have, my Instagram is at Don Okoro. So I post like everything I have going on, um, there. Mm-hmm. And then your website, okorostudio.com. Nice. Yeah. And I highly recommend, uh, people check it out. And I still stand by my uh, assertion that you are super successful. <laughs> oh, 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 thank you. <laughs> oh, thanks. And that, uh, and that for this podcast, you're a get. So okay. <laughs> thanks to Roberto. All right. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. I'll definitely have you back on the show eventually. I'm just, uh, right now, I'm like only, mostly just trying to stay alive because I'm yeah. working five days a week again. And I like after five months, like I am out of shape. <laughs> well, I, I feel like um, with lately I've been um, even before everything, all the pandemic and stuff. Like I, I don't know, I've been feeling like something is calling me to the West Coast. So maybe someday I'll, I'll meet you, meet you in LA. <laughs> oh, with great pleasure. Yeah, I, I'll introduce you around. And there's some really good artist-run stuff here uh, that you don't have to pay to be a part of, which is nice too. Nice. Like, like that's how big the scene is. There's just like people mm-hmm. putting blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, I guess there. I guess that's not true. I guess you do have like application fees for some stuff, like right, uh, right. You know, like for for running the space. But I I, I don't mm-hmm. mean to like disparage that approach. But, yeah. But there are some like hardcore people that are like out here that are like that's a vanity gallery, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> and so I don't want to. Sh- I want to <laughs> acknowledge that they ex- that 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 criticism of that stuff exists. But hey, whatever gets you where you got to go, man. Like, yeah. you know, it, uh, you, you're definitely not paying to play now. People are paying to, <laughs> paying to play with you, so that's mad respect. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Uh, so I'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay. Bye. Bye.